Love Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to my, um, I just think I'm in a Wednesday afternoon show. I'm very excited to be back on the air, actually. I've had quite a bit of a hiatus here, and I wanted to apologize to any of you that know me personally. Obviously, you know that child problems, between having child problems, having personal issues, having benefits, um, it's just been an exciting time, but it's been a very busy and a very personally stressful time. So I'm happy to report that since Jack Horner is back on the air, I'm very, very excited that now that I am back on, my show host, or excuse me, my show host, that's me, my gentleman that's coming on today is none other than Mr. Jason Golka. For those of you that don't know, um, Jason hosts an actual TV show called the Jason Golka Show in New York, which is one of my favorite places to be in the whole wide world. So without further ado, me and my raspy voice are going to go ahead and interview Jason. So let's get him on the line. Jason? Here I am. Oh, my God, here you are. You sound so different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Hi. because of my cold or if it's just my uh, it, it, my, my phone voice. <laughs> no, it, it actually, you do sound different because I've listened to you on the television, so I'm like, okay, this is a little bit different. I've watched your broadcast, so you sound a little different, and I sound like a boy. So <laughs> this is going to go really, really well. <laughs> so thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate this. Thank I know you're you. Thank you. Oh, my God, we've tried this, like, folks, three different times we've had to reschedule, either on his end, my end. So it's like, okay, you know what, let's just get you out of the way. It's a beautiful afternoon. My Marilyn Monroe wine is on its way, so I'm all excited. I'm like, I'm sober, I'm happy, and I have half a voice. So <laughs> let's see if we can find out about Jason. Um, I wanted to say, obviously, I've been in great anticipation for this interview um, because, to me personally, you're just a classy representation of a media mogul. And I say that not just because, you know, you're out there making millions of dollars, because I'm sure you are, but <laughs> you carry just a, <laughs> such a, you have a long-term passion for your endeavor. You have such a charming demeanor from what I can tell. And above all, Thank this, you. you have a, oh, you're quite welcome. You just have this great heart to, to tackle subjects, meaning that you're not intimidated or afraid to go outside of the box to talk about things that are out of the ordinary, which oftentimes I know that most people might brush over and not want to cover. First question, um, why such a willingness to bring to light some of these society issues? Why is this important to you? Um, well, there's a lot of topics that we do on our show that reach home for me personally. Um, you know, my life wasn't always as great as it's going right now. You know, I, too, fell to some hard times for the um, hard economic times in the past recent years. I, I had a house that I had to give up and, you know, money issues. So I try to touch on a lot of subjects that people can relate to and, and things that are kind of close to home for me, just to kind of put it out there that, um, you know, people aren't alone in this world with, with the topics that we do. And, and we do a lot of things that people can relate to, and we always try to do topics that people can walk away with something after they're done watching our show. So it's all about helping everybody. Oh, and that's definitely one of the best reasons to get into this. I mean, I know it's wonderful and loving and terrific, and at the end of the day, if you're making a difference in someone's life, I think hands down that it's substantial. Uh, definitely so. Now, it's my understanding that your actual love of the talk show medium itself commenced at a, as a young one, actually, where I tell us about your early broadcast, because he used to be in a little basement, and he used to do a show from the desk. <laughs> so kind of take me back there and, like, you just woke up one morning it's and said, let's a, broadcast out of a basement? <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because I grew up in the 90s watching all the daytime shows. So a lot of people um, 
that are growing up now, they probably don't even know who Sally Jesse is, Ricky Lake, Montel Williams. Those are all big daytime hosts back in the 90s. Um, Ricky Lake is back, obviously. But, um, you know, growing up, being 9, 10 years old and, and spending my summers with my grandmother because my mother was worked full-time. She was a single mother. So I was always sitting with my grandparents. And we would sit there and watch the daytime shows in the morning and the early afternoons. And it was just so fascinating to me, like, how each host, did it so differently and how each topic was differently and, and of course you know it was it was considered trash tv back then so it was very funny all at the same time so um right. i just i just kind of like looked at these hosts and i was like you know this is something that i would like to maybe do one day and try it so you know being nine and ten years old i i went down to my mother's basement and i took some old lounge chairs and i made a microphone out of a paper towel roll and uh, I just interviewed, like, friends and family. Like, I was very, very amateur. But it was, like, the coolest thing. And it really just, it always kind of sat with me over the years. And, you know, really having no experience in this whatsoever, I never even went to school for it. I actually went to school for accounting. And that's what I did up until almost two years ago when I started the Jason Galka Show, which started off as just an amazing opportunity to take and it actually worked out which is wonderful so it is a little bit of a funny story that I started off in my basement and then all these years later (laughs) it's come to life (laughs) I was just going to say you know what I found interesting just in watching you you're not only your um, stage presence but just in reading some of the things you've said and done before I'm curious as to why why the choice for television as compared to going into maybe radio or maybe even on the screen as far as acting? Because I could see that. What made you go in this direction? Uh, well, I've always been a ham. <laughs> I've oh, always loved the camera. I've always loved having my picture taken. And, um, you know, I, I used to have a little bit of a fear of audience. And, you know, so so many people were always wondering, you know, how do you get up and speak in front of people and in front of an audience? And then people actually watch what you do. And, Honestly, I don't really think about all of those things when it's actually happening because we do spend a lot of time putting time and effort into the show, obviously, but then when it's actually being filmed, you kind of forget about all that and and you don't really realize, for me anyway, I don't realize that the camera is all that there and, um, you know, I'm always focused on my guest. So it's actually very easy for me, but like I said, I grew up as a big ham and I loved having my picture taken and loved being in home movies, so... I think I just took my drive for wanting to help people um, and my love for television, just combined the two. <laughs> Make perfect sense, of course. I kind of figured as much. Yeah, because you really have that. And, and the thing is, I don't think most people understand this, that they're not in this kind of a medium. There is that, and I still get this to this day. Five minutes before the show, I'm texting somebody or I'm calling them like, holy shit, I'm going to be on the air in five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's still that, that. <laughs> hesitancy and sort of nervousness and oh my gosh yeah you pull it off very well i would never guess that you have one iota of an issue ever judging by looking at you well it actually doing the show now over a year the show is um almost a year and a half old now and i think each week for me especially it gets easier and easier and now it's almost like second nature and but i still get that little not so much nervousness few minutes before the show, but that anticipation, you know, it's it's that build-up, and then it actually happens, and I always have such a great audience who come see the show. We do give out free tickets for people that want to come sit and actually see what we do live, and I feed off of them, so I'm a little nervous, and I'm okay. anticipating beforehand, but then once they're having a great time, and they're laughing and clapping, like, I feed off of that, so then everything just gets better right there. <laughs> sure, I imagine so, definitely. 
Now, one of the things I find interesting is I know some parents that are out there are kind of like, oh, I don't want my kid out in the limelight, and they're just very protective. And were your parents of that mindset, or were they more like, you know what, Jason, this is your dream. Go chase it. We're here 100%. Um, I'm not going to say that my mom, well, I grew up with only my mother, um, you know, single mom. Right. She just raised me on her own. So it's not that she doesn't support what I do. And not that she didn't support what I do. She always just said, you know, I think because there's a lot of rejection in this field, too, that um, she was kind of trying to hide me from that, you know, why don't you go be a teacher? Why don't you go be a doctor or something? And and I always just kind of had this in the back of my mind that if the opportunity arises, I at least want to try out for it. And that's exactly what I did. So I don't think my mother completely understands what I do. Um, but she has said she's proud of me. I believe that she is. But not everybody understands the whole television talk show and, and what goes into it kind of thing. So I think it was just more that they don't really understand what it is I do exactly, but um, they do support me. <laughs> That's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. Um, now, do you have siblings in the light profession, or is it just you? No, I'm, no, it's just me. I'm an only child. Special Jason. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, are we <laughs> so I was always We're spoiled growing up. <laughs> Oh, I imagine, and I'm betting that you're probably still spoiled to this day now, aren't you? I'm going to guess. I am. <laughs> uh, it doesn't change as you get older. <laughs> no kidding, right? That's exactly right. Now, um, I wanted to note that your first actual live hosting um, was in Suffolk County in the year 2012, which I know marked the commencement, of course, of the Jason Galka Show, which is April of the same year. Um were you ever engrossed in any kind of educational training prior to this point, meaning pertaining to broadcasting or television, or, or where did you get the bulk of experience pertaining to your career? Um, well, when I originally got the job to do this show, they, a lot of the producers that are at the television station did work closely with me and groomed me and, and kind of trained me as far as you know, pacing yourself, how to read off of a prompter, things like that. And I've also watched on YouTube. YouTube is a wonderful thing. Our show is on there, obviously, and I've watched right. past shows on there. And I look at other hosts, and I kind of taught myself a lot of things, too, over the years. And, and just watching how Ellen hosts or, or Ricky hosts, you know, I, I kind of look mm-hmm. at all of that much closer than a normal person would, and I try to teach myself things. And, and that's actually how I've done it. And, um, you know, during a taping, sometimes it takes me two, three, four times to get my introduction right. Like, I don't want to stutter or I don't want to miss a word or mispronounce it. Like, to me, mm-hmm. I don't want it going out there looking like that. So we'll stop and do two or three takes. And, you know, just by doing it and doing it and practicing, you know, I've learned a lot in just doing that as well. Sure, I imagine so, definitely. Were there particular elements um, of the industry that proved most intriguing to you? I mean, I know you want to get a message out there and you want to be able to inspire and get to other people, but was there just something about television that you just thought on Tickle Pink, that one thing that you maybe got from watching Ricky or Ellen or from one of your inspirations, what what kind of pushed you to say, you know what, this is where I want to be? Um, I think it was several years ago when I was one of the people of many that fell to the hard economic times and I was forced to give up my home and you know, my relationship was coming to an end, and I just really needed a way to reinvent myself. And I was still doing my accounting job, and, and it's not that it's, you know, a boring job. I mean, it kind of is. Numbers is boring. But, you know, I wanted sure. something more exciting. I felt like I got a second chance. I was able to, you know, sell my house and get out of it safely without, you know, damaging my credit or anything like that. But 
it was so devastating because it was my home that I purchased and, you know, put a lot of money and heart and soul into. So I really just needed a way to reinvent myself. And then when the opportunity came up to do this young generation type talk show on Long Island, I figured, you know, this was something that I grew up watching. You know, I, I can do this. I can learn it. I'll do whatever I have to do to learn it. I want to go for it. So combining just that need to reinvent myself and, and regroup myself and this, this is what the outcome has been. So it's, it's been an amazing turnaround. Definitely. Now, did you find yourself, when you did like your first initial tapings, let's say, did you find yourself intimidated and thinking to yourself, whoa, maybe I'm not that great at this or, or just nervous at the, at the initial stuff? Yeah, I still do that. <laughs> really? I still do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, well, we are our own worst critics, and I always, you know, I try not to watch my show back because then I'll see things that I could have done differently, and I'll totally drive myself crazy over it because I'm like a perfectionist. So I watch right. it back, and I'm like, you know, I could have did that differently. I could have sounded differently. I could have asked it a different way, asked the question a different way. But, um, you know, we're also our own worst critics, so I right. kind of take that into consideration too. <laughs> Me too, definitely. I agree with you there. Now, to talk a bit about your program, obviously, um, it typically attracts itself to a very youthful crowd, I would think, and I would gather largely due to, of course, the meaningful content. You do exploration of things such as dating and relationships, lifestyles, bullying, spiced up with a dose of, at times, varied entertainers. So for me, it seems to be logically a top-notch strategy. So let's take a peek behind the scenes for just a minute as it relates to content, set design, things like that. Is that a combination of you and your team, or is that all specific, Jason? I think as far as the set goes, um, definitely more me, because when the show was getting off the ground and I went to the set decorator, says I want something bright and colorful and fun, because even though we do touch on a lot of touchy subjects, a lot of inspirational, heartbreaking stories, um, there's also, like you said, a fun aspect to the show. So we want to also keep it upbeat. So that's why we bring the musicians and the comedians and other sorts of talent, just to kind of liven it up every so often. And the greatest feedback that we get is people like that. It's always different each week, and you don't know what you're going to get until you tune in. Sometimes you need a box of tissues at hand, and sometimes you're laughing. So we like having that big mix-up. And um, between myself and several other members of my staff, who I have an incredible staff, I have to say thank you to all of them, Um, we all think of show topics, and we all think of things that have touched our hearts that we put out there in our castings, and we do get replies. And, you know, it's for me especially, um, you know, I'm going back to when I fell to hard times. Um, hearing somebody else's story has always brought me comfort. Like, okay, I'm not the only one out there experiencing this. And, and we all know that we're never the only person experiencing something, but it's nice to actually have a face and a name to go with it. So you take more comfort in knowing somebody specific. So, um, you know, that comes from a combination of all of us who work together on the show. Definitely. Now, is there ever a point where as it relates to the programming part, and I call it get the control taken away from you, meaning there are particular topics that you might want to do that maybe your team differs upon, and then it's kind of like where your team comes to you and says, you know what, this may not be a great fit for the show, but you're pretty insistent. Does that ever happen to which with some kind of a control issue there as it relates to content? No, nothing. No, it's never happened so really? far in the whole year we've been doing it. Cool. No. That's awesome. <laughs> we're all, Just because we're all you know, we're on the same page. Awesome. That is absolutely yeah. great. 
Okay. Now, curiously speaking, obviously, we know that you're based in New York, but let's say that, for instance, you're based L.A. or somewhere else. Might you feel more swayed to gear your subject matter in any and all ways as far as how you do your program, just due to location? Um, well, we are actually doing more on location now as we speak. We are actually covering a huge film festival this weekend coming up, and I actually taped the first part of it with the director of the program. We did it as a studio show. He came to my studio. We talked about it. We uh, met some of the guests that are going to be there. And then this coming Friday, actually, we're going to be there on location, getting footages and doing more interviews out there, making it a two-part show. So this year we're actually oh. revamping the show in a huge way, where last year we were really just starting out and we were just kind of picking topics to see if people would bite at them. And now there's... We have um, two brand-new producers on our show now. We have a brand-new editor that's awesome. Um, so we're doing bigger and better things this year. And one of the things that we are focusing on is doing more on location, doing more lifestyle-type shows. So we're trying to help people to live healthier, live happier, also going out there doing more on-location shoots just to brighten up the show a little bit more and doing bigger things this year. It's really been great. Oh, definitely an exciting tune, no doubt, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know how we all have ourselves, obviously, me included. Is there that particular point in your own mind where, and I call it reaching the mountaintop, which means you have a mountaintop as far as your highest personal or professional goal. At what point do you think you're going to say to yourself, you know what, I've done exactly what I wanted to do and that's it? Or will there be that point? Um, I don't know if we're right now because it is still so new for me. I don't know if it ever will be. <laughs> I mean, I look at Barbara okay. Walters, who is who is well up there in age, and she's retiring next year, God bless her. But I look at yep. everything she's done, and, like, you know, I want to be able to climb every mountaintop, and I want to go to the top of every mountain and, and go to different places and cover stories. So, really, I have so much further to go before I say, okay, it's time to throw in the towel and, and let's retire and, and relax a little sure. bit. There's no time in my life to relax right now. You know, I'm really on this high of just um, doing the show and, and putting it out there and having people enjoy it. And, of course, getting the positive feedback, I'm feeding off of that. So it's just pumping me higher and higher. So I have a long way to go before <laughs> it's time to retire. <laughs> no, I understand that completely. I definitely do. I get it. That's for sure. Okay. Now, you're obviously a resident of New York. You obviously they are native of Long Island, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, of course, obviously you and I are in a similar career, meaning obviously you're on television, but I'm on radio, so kind of sort of the same. Mm -hmm. You and I have both hosted, I just realized, Jeff um, Algie of New Life Crisis. You've had him on your show. I've had him on my show before, who's just oh, a really? yeah. professional. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely oh, The whole him. group was phenomenal when they did it. He's an I awesome, know. awesome uh, he is a top-notch guy. I absolutely adore him, and I know that you and I, of course, have a few mutual kinships and a few mutual friends, obviously. Now, you, um, uh, I wanted to pose this question. You did an interview with Freddy Krueger, and I was curious about that. I'm like, he interviewed Freddy Krueger. <laughs> How did that come about? Because I think that's totally cool. I'm like, what the heck? That How was many a lot times of do fun. people want to do that? It was How actually one of... <laughs> It was actually one of the film festivals that I had covered. I was working on another show earlier this year that um, got canceled by the network, and they took me out as a segment producer. So I went onto the field a couple of times and, and got, you know, on-location interviews for this particular show. It had nothing to do with mine, but I had so much fun doing it at that festival that it's the same festival that we're covering under the Jason Galka show this weekend. 
and it's a horror film festival, and they do it twice a year. So they have characters like Freddy that roam around. They take on a lot of um, new producers and directors who submit their films, and you can actually sit and see some of the films. We got great interviews with somebody like Freddy. Um, Jonathan Tierston was another one I got an interview with. He was a soap star way back in the day. And, um, you know, we're doing it again this weekend, but I'm doing it under the Jason show as opposed to the other show that I did back in January. So when Freddie was roaming okay. around, I'm like, it's just got to, it's, it's the coolest <laughs> thing to just get an interview with him, you know, the nightmare himself. Right. And <laughs> he was a lot of fun. And, and that's got to be so exciting, too, because it's not like dating, dating, I'm okay. It's not like interviewing your average person, clearly. I like right. to that out of the box. I'm very, very cool. No, I interviewed a legend. No. <laughs> One of them, right? I mean, some people may not look at it that way, but heck, if I had Michael Myers on my show, well, I'd be intimidated. But oh, absolutely. I would love that. That's fun. I mean, it's just you like to have fun with your show. That's important. Otherwise, it gets. I think it gets yeah. dull if you don't spice it up a little bit, you know. Um, as a host yourself. If I turn the tables on you, like right now, let's say role-wise, the tables are kind of turned on you, um, are you more likely to be uncomfortable with this scenario? Do you always prefer to be the person asking the questions and digging in? Or is this okay to kind of lay back and be like, hey, all the pressure's off of me. It's all on her. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I absolutely love it. I always tell people my life is an open book. And, you know, I've learned so much. You know, I'm only 29 now, and I've learned so much over the years and about life in general that um, I'm willing to share anything that you want to know. <laughs> My life is an open book. Oh, that's book. <laughs> absolutely awesome. I love that. That's great. Because sometimes, you know, people have that. I think in media, it's like that power control thing where it's like, my show, my call, my this. I always have to be the big guy, you know. So sometimes it's hard to turn it around a little bit and be like, Actually, okay. it's easier to be a guest than a host. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? my office hours are like. <laughs> my office hours oh, are like, you know, goodness. we go through emails, we screen the calls, you know, we, we see who we're going to book, and then, you know, we're making questions and formats. I mean, this is much easier. <laughs> oh, God, I imagine so. It sure is. Now, if you think back in your career so far to date, could you, tell, could you tell me both sides of the fence, the show that you've done thus far that's been the most pleasurable and alternatively the one that's been the most painful for you personally? Um, I would have to say the most painful one, and this one sticks out the most in my mind, is a show that we did about drunk driving. Um, it was a mom and, and three of her young children who were all under the age of 10 who came on the show, and she shared such a heartbreaking story of how a drunk driver took the life of her husband and that kind of hit home for me a little bit, too, because not only did I feel for this poor woman and these three beautiful young children, I mean, I think the oldest was maybe seven or eight. And I think back, because when I was back in high school, a really great friend of mine who I'm still friends with today, her brother was killed by a drunk driver in, in the worst possible way. I mean, you know, he died pretty much like, I don't want to be too graphic here, but burning alive because the car had exploded the way impact was. So that was one story that really hit home for me personally because I've known that family for years. And um, sure. really the most pleasurable is just um, I love the musicians that come on and New Life Crisis mm-hmm. being included in that because they are so talented. And there is so much raw talent just in the Long Island, New York area. You know, we don't need right. people. That, I mean, we have people that have been on American Idol and shows like that. But, you know, there is so much raw talent that people haven't seen other than at maybe a beach club or, or a, um, a wedding hall or something. You know, there's so much talent out there that we like to put them on our show and let people say, hey, look, these people are out there and they're pretty good, you know? Right. That, that, that's that's not what, what I, I would agree. To say. Okay. And did we get to the most pleasurable one? We did the top notch? Yes. 
Okay. I would say that that's got to be um, the most popular is like just interviewing the bands and the groups and the singers. People would I, count. That's Those are really I the most sure fun. <laughs> is it? And maybe I just feel guilty in asking this question because it's kind of like I've done a number of musicians too, and that's my top notch too. But then I think to myself, if I were to ask you to pinpoint one, that's probably difficult, isn't it? That's why I'm kind of get. I'm thinking, should I rethink this question? It is. Because <laughs> if I have the most, it it's is kind of um, like could be in trouble. Well, it's hard because we do have a lot of talented people that come on our show, so it's hard to single one out. But really the most enjoyable shows are the talents, and, and I've become such close friends with so many of, of my guests that have been on my show. I still keep in contact with them. I've developed very close friendships with some of them, Amber Ferrari being one of them. She's from Long Island, and she's a phenomenal, phenomenal singer. And she's done my show several times. So I really enjoy doing those types of shows with his musical talent, you know, the audience is up and they're dancing and they're laughing and having a great time. I feed off of that. So that's, you know, those types of shows is my favorite to do. That's very, very cool, definitely. Now, one last question to that effect. If I were to ask you sure. if there's one person out there, just one that you can think of, that you would refuse to host, is there such a thing? Um, no, and the only reason I say that, I mean, I do know people that come to mind that I would say absolutely not, but the only reason that I would because I do give everybody the chance to tell their story. If they really do have a story to be told and something that people can either agree with or disagree with, because I, I like controversy like that. I like to hear what other people think and what they have to say and what their feedback is. That's important to me because then that helps me to grow as a host and going forward with topics. So even though there, sure. I'm thinking of people off the top of my head, I'm not going to use names, but I absolutely would not have them on, but yet I would. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I totally follow it, definitely. I get it. Okay, now I'm going to flip you a little bit here. I am very sure. big, myself personally. I always like to reveal to the audience what I call the man behind the myth, so to speak, because most people, I think, look at other people in entertainment and think, oh, he must live and breathe television all the time. Well, so not true, because obviously even most public figures, more times than not, are far more normal and have tons of real-life interests that people don't know about. Um, so, for instance, I just wanted to catalog a few interests of yours, tell people, I know that you enjoy, from a musical standpoint, uh, Alanis Morissette, Mary J. Blige, and Phil Collins. Um, tuning to your own medium for a second, I know that you're a fan of Storage Wars, Faceless, yes. and the infamous Chelsea Handler. So i, I got to ask this. What is this sure. love fest for Chelsea Handler? Because I don't get it, because she just annoys me to the deep end of the earth. I don't know what it is about her. But everybody loves her, so what is lovable about Chelsea Handler to you? <laughs> um, I, I think get it's it. just her whole persona in general, you know, right down from head to toe, basically, like her style, her physique, everything. And I think because she does kind of have, like, that annoying quality, that's kind of what makes her, <laughs> and that's kind of what people, I think, are in love with her. <laughs> sure, um, tell me about it. I know, and they just, like, sometimes they don't want to admit it because that's got the little chewy on there, the little midget guy and all that stuff, and I'm like... Yeah, I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could interview her. I think she'd be a little too over I the top. I think it's a lot of people's guilty it. pleasure. I don't know. What do you think? You think? I think it's, it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> no, I think Real Housewives is a guilty. Oh wait, I admit that I watch Real Housewives. No, Real Housewives that's kind of a guilty pleasure. You know, things along those lines, or like Hoarders. I would want to not admit mm-hmm. that I watch Hoarders. You know, I think I've seen it once. I know because Kella. it's so gross, but I love it. You I know. know. But it's one of those shows, like it's so <laughs> gross, but like. You can't change the channel and you can't turn away from it because you'll miss something. 
<laughs> that's exactly right. See, you know what I mean? So now in that little bulk of free time, because I'm going to say little because I know myself, obviously I have such little time as it relates to there's kids, there's work, and that's it. So now if I take mm-hmm. out your equation of the work part, downtime. What does Jason do in his downtime? In my downtime, I spend a lot of my yep. free time with the most wonderful man in my life, John. Um, uh, we have a beautiful place him. on Long Island together and a, a beautiful little dog. <laughs> so we like to spend wow. a lot of time, you know, going out. We go out to the Hamptons a lot. Um, specifically, there's okay. a great spot out there at the end of Long Island in Montauk called Gurney's, which we spend a lot of our free time out there. And it's beach, it's spa, it's beautiful. So if anybody's ever visiting the Long Island area, definitely have to check that out. But, um, you know, he also spends a lot of time going with me on my shoots and my on-location things, and he, he actually works with me on my show now. You know, he's he's uh, working as a producer and one of my directors as well. Right. So it's, it's kind of like a mom-and-pop thing we got going on now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to cite that, as a matter of fact, because for those that don't know, obviously, John says the dual role, not only being your fiancé, but as you mentioned, senior producer slash director of the show. Now, mm-hmm. I know that you're going to say, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyways, because I've had pairings before on the radio show before where it's like, I can only imagine, because you work so closely together, you know, there has to come a point in time where let's say that, you know, we squabble with our significant other at times, and now you're in that capacity where you work together. Do you ever find that to be a challenge for you? Um, it hasn't. It hasn't. And we've okay. been together almost a year now, and, um, you know, working to together on the show at least six months now so but you know we still have that time apart from each other you know there's times when I go in for office hours and you know he goes off and does his thing and things so we do have time apart I think that's important too because then you allow yourself to miss each other and and, you know can't wait to be with you kind of thing so um so far that has not at all been a challenge it's actually been great and and just given so much of a great outcome to the show that we collaborate together like this and working together you know, we're very professional at the same time. When we're in the work atmosphere of the show, we're very professional, you know, especially in front of our guests and our audiences. Um, so there's really a time and a place for those things, and we definitely separate the business from the pleasure when we're actually there, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and you're able to distinguish that, yeah, because some people can't, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, you go to work and then you have the squabble or whatever happens, and I get that. And let me just tell you this much, folks, because I am friends with him, Good Lord, that boy you're getting married to, he is pretty. I'm just saying, boy, <laughs> nice looking. He kind of looks and saw Jason's like, oh, yeah, I got me a hottie. Thank you very much. I'm single. I'm a girl, and I can't even get a hottie. So kudos to you, man. Uh-oh. I'm very pleased. He definitely very, is my hottie. <laughs> That's a good thing. Very, very good. Couple, okay, so it a couple is. questions relative to you personally. Um mm-hmm. As far as as it relates to others, either whether it be in the industry that we're in or personally, acceptance of yourself as far as from your lifestyle, has it been for the most part encouraging by others or do you think more so challenging just as far as, you know, not everyone is so socially accepting as far as sexual orientation, lifestyle, et cetera. Do you ever find that to be a challenge where you are? Um, I have to say that it's, it's neither here nor there kind of thing. It's a little of both, you know, because, again, like you said, you have those people that don't accept the gay, lesbian, transgender lifestyle. And and I say all three of those because we've had all different types of people on the show, including transgender. And um, at the same time, it has worked for me where people do encourage me because of that, because there is so many people that do 
enjoy gay men and gay women and, and you know, look at Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. You know, people love know. him and, right. and he's openly gay. So it's kind of a little bit of both. But, um, you know, whatever it is, I always feed off of it. I take the best of it, you know, take the worst of the situation and make it the best. So makes perfect sense, of course. Now, um, as it relates to you two, I'm a girl, so I don't know if you know this or not, but us chicks, we dig all the really cool stuff. So give us a little lowdown on the love story. How'd you all meet? We actually met a year ago. Yeah, it's over okay. a year ago now. And, um, you know, here... He'll tell you the story a different way than I would tell it, but basically when I first met him, my show had just started, and uh, I didn't think that I really had, like, the time for a relationship, so it didn't pursue, and that's all on my fault, you know, that's my doing, because I figured, you know, I I just sold my house, I was getting out of a, a relationship, and I was like, you know, the show just started, I don't know if I can devote time like that to somebody else, and I certainly don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, because that's not the type of person that I am. And then we mm-hmm. did stop speaking, and, and, you know, he was upset by it, and I felt bad. And then over the summer, I was asked to host a Miss Long Island pageant in September. So just out of where he was working at the time, the boss had asked me, his boss had asked me if I would do this pageant. And, you know, I asked, well, does John still work for you? And she says, yes. I says, okay, well, tell him I said hi. You know, like I didn't even know what to say. And, uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of awkwardness there for a while. So then, long story short, you know, the end of the summer was rolling around. We're coming up close to the Miss Long Island pageant. And, you know, I think on both parties, he and I had to make it, you know, comfortable. So he had actually texted me a couple of weeks before and said hi. And I said hi. But I didn't know who it was at first because he ended up changing his number. So when he writes me, hey, with a smile face, I'm like, who's this? He's like, well, this is John. I says, well, I would have known that if you didn't change your number. <laughs> right, right. So then we ended up reconnecting um, just before the pageant, and then um, he was actually my personal bartender the night because it was at a nightclub where it was held, and he was my personal bartender, and then it just it went from there. We went on a date two nights later, and then we dated again the next night, and the next night, and the next night, and then, you know, before you knew it, it was it was the most wonderful thing that's happened in the world out of everything. Mm-hmm. And here we are today. We're we're getting married uh, next year, June 20th. And oh my nothing gosh. just feels more right. <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely awesome. Now, of course, so for people that don't believe in love at first sight, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because your relationship hasn't been years and years and years, obviously, and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, was it a nice romantic proposal? We hope. It was. It was uh, at Rockefeller oh, Center God. on the ice. He couldn't Aww. get down on his knee because he has a bad knee, so he would have fell. But uh, <laughs> so we were How on the ice together, and, and he pulled out the ring, holding on for dear life to the railings. <laughs> oh, my God. Kudos to you, it really God, was man. A beautiful I give him a lot experience. of credit. That's, and that's absolutely. absolutely awesome, and I couldn't be happier for you because you know what? People don't always find Thank that. You. I mean, sometimes it takes a lifetime. It really does, actually. Yeah. So. Some of us are looking. Some people it really does. And both of us had been in relationships before. I was coming out of an eight-year relationship. He had been in relationships before. And and for me especially, I've never felt this way about anybody, not even the person I was with for eight years, you know. So you just know when it's right. Right. So for people that think that, you know, it's too soon, that's not possible, it is possible, you know. Unfortunately, there was another couple that we knew, um, they were engaged and married within three months of knowing each other, and they were together four years, 
and the only reason they're not together anymore is because the one partner passed away. He was, he was sick with cancer. But, you know, you just know when things are right, and you just got to go with it. Hmm. I agree with you 100%. So now I have a nice, I have a great idea for a show for you, because some of us What's are that? single, like me. So here's my thought. You can just have me on your show, and I have this one little tiny thing that I want. I have my life partner already picked out, but it's in my head, you see. I have this fantasy that Kiefer Sutherland is eventually going to realize that I've been in love with him for two years. And I probably could just have a whole show where you just get Kiefer Sutherland, the actor, on there, and I'll just, you know, propose a date right there. It'll be like history right on television. It'll be great ratings. Everybody will watch. It'll be great. We could do That's it as a surprise show. We'll bring him out from backstage. <laughs> oh, my God. I think... Then you'd be resuscitating me on the damn ground. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I do, you know what, though? So honest to God, though, that's the new stigma out there. I think that there's a lot more shows that are coming out, like, you know, not just The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, you know, the love mm-hmm. doctors and things like that. I mean, it's, there's a real thing out there about relationships and dating. There there's is. a whole there field is. for that. My God, you can make a whole other reality show And we've covered it, that. too. <laughs> that's right. That exactly. Would be a there you go. <laughs> Yeah, we could bring him out correct. from backstage. He'll have no idea why he's there, and there you are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here I am. I've been waiting forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and then he's going to say, get the straight jacket, you crazy loon. Yeah, good luck. I post it every day you in the hall. You never know. That's right. I'm going to L.A., so I might just get a lucky chance. Now, oh, very nice. I wanted to kind of, as well, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, right? I just keep getting one inch closer. Every time I get to another actor, another actor, another actor, I'm going to get a break. I know it. I am. And then one day I won't have to worry. I'll be my husband and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to get away from fantasy land and talk about, sadly, some of the real parts of life here. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of your thoughts on this. You personally, mm-hmm. do you feel that it's accurate to state that other people or other individuals out there might expect your shows in larger part to circulate around things such as LGBT issues due to your own status? Um, hmm. I'm not sure I understand. Meaning, for instance, let's say that I happen to be a lesbian. And so because uh-huh. people know this and I am very outward and that's public knowledge to most people, do you think that most people will expect you because of your orientation automatically to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to hold shows more oftentimes than not with lesbians or gays or talk about LGBT issues. Is that expected, do you think, out of you? Or have you found that to be the case? Um, no, I wouldn't say that it's expected, but it's definitely a question that a lot of people do ask. You know, we don't consider ourselves a gay issues talk show. Um, you know, being mm-hmm. a gay host, that's one thing, but um, we really get great feedback and, and great response to the, so many different things that we do. But we do cover gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender topics. We've had two transgender mm-hmm. guests, actually, um, that have been on our show in the past year or so, and, and one being an amazing musical talent. So, um, you know, we definitely touch on those subjects, but we don't classify ourselves as a gay issues talk show. Gotcha. And now, the other day somebody had made this statement to me, and I'm curious, again, your take on this. Would you be inclined mm-hmm. to go with the masses? Because this person said to me, you know, there's a large group of people out here that believe this. The recent assessment that acceptance of all sexual orientations and, of course, marriage commitments is still nowhere near the point of being equal for all. I don't think it's anywhere being equal at all. I think some states, including New York, have come a very long way 
with equal rights and legalizing gay marriage. But I think the United States right. as a whole has a long way to go with equality. And, you know, I was never somebody that was so interested in, in marriage rights to marry men because I didn't have that person in my life that I was considering to marry like I do now. So right. my point of view right. has changed. I went from being like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter to me, like, yeah, it does matter because you find the person that you love, and it's not just about let's just hurry up and get married because we love each other. Right. It is that, but it's right. also there's so many other legalities with being married that, you know, I always look at it as, God forbid, something was wrong with one of us and we were in the hospital, and, you know, right. I want to be there for him if he's laying in ICU, and I want him there for me if I'm laying there. So Correct. it's not just gay people just running to get married for the heck of it. It's, you know, we look at it as we want the same rights as a husband and wife has. We want um, to be under insurance policies and we want to be able to get into an ICU. God forbid there's something wrong with one of us. So some states have come a long way with it in legalizing it, but the U.S. as a whole has such a long way to go with it. Oh, I imagine so. Now as it stands right now in New York, because obviously you're a New Yorker, What's the stance mm-hmm. there, do you think, by and large, with the population there? Where is everybody standing these days as it relates to marriage equality, et cetera? I think it, honestly, in my opinion, I'm going to say it's more than half. I would say that there is, New York is a lot more accepting of um, gay, lesbian, transgender people, only because there is such a huge area in New York City alone. You know, there's the whole Chelsea area of, of gays right. and I think, you know, when you have that whole area, plus we have Fire Island here, which is a huge summer hangout for gays and lesbians and and people like that, you know, it is more accepted, but again, it's not 100%, but I'd say it's definitely, you know, much more than the half mark that, you know, it is more acceptable here. Sure. I imagine so. I mean, when I was there, obviously, I, I just hung out with a whole group of people, as a matter of fact, all gay individuals and stuff, had the greatest time, and I think... A lot of times I feel very badly for people because I do notice that, like my friends, since I have mental health issues, I'm a bipolar person myself. And usually the minute that someone finds that out, there's reservation or somewhat of a rejection as it relates. You know that stare that you get or that look kind of like you yeah. aren't outwardly going to oh, tell you what you're doing. You're out of the norm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that can be a little Absolutely. difficult for individuals. Have you ever found that to be a struggle as far as um, – For instance, like I've been approached by a few people and once they find out that I have certain difficulties in a certain area, it's prevented me from working with them. Have you ever had that situation? Um, I haven't personally, no, but I know people that that has happened to and I know that it does happen. Um, I just happen to be somebody who's fortunate that that hasn't happened to me. But then again, a lot of people that are in my life and who I associate with, they, they are accepting of me and what I do. And I wouldn't associate myself with somebody that has an issue with my sexuality. So for me personally, it, it hasn't happened, but I do know it's out sure. there. Oh, certainly. Most definitely, I have to say. Now, last yeah. thing as it relates to this, and we'll move along. For those individuals such as myself who are straight in orientation, and if there's something, any good advice that we can do, do you think there's anything we can do to kind of change the tide as it relates to marriage equality? For those of us who are straight, we get a lot of times for our friends who aren't and who want the marriage equality struggle that there's nothing we can do. Do you think there's anything we we can do to make it more of a forefront out there and to be able to be helpful in that regard? Um, Well, I think that is a good question, and and maybe I have an obvious answer, maybe I don't. But um, I mean, I'm not too big into politics, so I'm not really sure what the right route would be to go. But certainly, you know, here in America, we vote for everything. So 
which, you know, mm-hmm. the straight people is, you know, or heterosexual is the proper terminology here. Um, if heterosexual people do know somebody who is who's gay or lesbian, you know, definitely support them. And if there is an, an opportunity to vote yes for marriage equality in your state, by all means do so because we're not hurting anybody. You know, we just want to be able to spend the rest of our lives with somebody who means so much to us, just like your husband and your wife means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just ask that everybody just supports us, whether you're gay, straight, or not. Um, you know, we all just want the same thing. So whatever you can do, if, if there is the opportunity to maybe vote in your state for it, please vote yes for it and, and support somebody that you know or just support us. Because, again, you know, sure. we're not hurting anybody. You know, we just want to be with the person that we want to spend the rest of our life with and we want to do it legally. Definitely. Makes perfect sense. And especially when there's so much ignorance out there and so many people that get so flustered right Absolutely. off the bat because how dare two men want to have the same equality? Well, who the hell died and made you boss? I mean, the reality of the situation is, is there's no one standing out there saying that two men deserve this as compared to two, a man and a woman deserve this. Everyone should deserve the same thing and be treated the equal. Exactly. I just, it's so well, That's sad. exactly what it is. It's sad and sad. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's ignorance is what it comes down to because they don't fully understand. I mean, there are people out there that do give gays a bad name. You know, there's lesbians that give lesbians a Correct. bad name, but there's also straight Correct. people that give straight people a bad name. Right? So, oh God, yeah, you know, Definitely. let me tell you, <laughs> it's both sides. Sometimes I like gay people more than I sometimes like gay people more than straight people just because they're jackasses. <laughs> you know, I really don't think orientation has anything to do with it. It just has to do with character and morals and what mm-hmm. you're made of. That's what it comes down to. Gosh. Exactly. Now, i got to pat you on the back, my friend, because you had been nominated for Entertainer of the Year by Outlook Long Island. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you're my wild. I was I, like, I just shot him. Did I remind you of something? That's you. Well, yes. you did, actually. Um, I was nominated, but unfortunately I didn't win this year. But, um, I you know, know. I, I don't take it personally because it was my first year in doing this. It was my first year ever being in the public eye and doing a television show and, and doing what I do. So I'm just grateful to be nominated. You know, next year and the year after that, if I don't win anything, then I'll be upset. <laughs> but, you know, the first <laughs> year you're doing this. <laughs> I have to win. I have to win. I'm so wonderful. Listen to you. Oh, my God. Um, to you those know, this, that um, are listening. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I know. I was just saying, go I use it as a stepping stone because, um, sure. you know, it's, Although I was just nominated, that's great. You know, I, again, it's something I've never done before. I'm doing this show. I'm still getting it under my belt. So um, in going forward, I, I hope to get something in the next year or two years down the line because then it will just show that we're really improving and we're really trying. Makes perfect sense, actually. Do you want to let the, let the listeners know, to those that probably aren't familiar with it, a little bit about what Outlook Long Island is? And moreover, what do you feel what your what made you most qualified to be a nominee? Do you think what was it about you that you think got you to that point? Um, well, I think what got me nominated was the show because Outlook Long Island is a gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual magazine, and it, it basically filled it's filled with all of um, stories that relate to gay community and gay people and, and accomplishments. And I think just the topics that I did because we did do a whole bunch of topics um, related to the gay community throughout the year gay bullying, growing up gay, family acceptance, um, transgender guests have been on our show to talk about why they're transgender and and why they want to change their life over. So I think it was a lot of those topics that we did in the past year that's what got me the nomination, which, I'm again, I'm so grateful for. And Mm -hmm. um, that's really what the magazine is. It's just targeted to the gay community. 
it's really a great magazine as well. And I've checked it out. I think I've seen it once or something like that, but I know most people aren't familiar with it. But nonetheless, you know what? It's so nice to be nominated. I mean, it's a real, yeah. hey, you know what? Jason's doing Absolutely. a really good job and people are recognizing that. That's very, very cool. And further, mm-hmm. I found it very impressive. You had lent your time and efforts to holding a Hurricane Sandy benefit. So I'm hoping, first and foremost, your personal life, were you um, affected by that at all as far as the disaster itself? We weren't, um, thank goodness. And where we were on the island, we got very little damage. And if we lost power, it was literally for only several hours. But, um, you know, our hearts went out to those poor people that were without electric for days and days and days. It was, uh, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even imagine. But we did suffer with the whole gas shortage. I mean, my car has sat in the driveway with no fuel for several days. And um, it was just, yeah, I mean, that was the worst part that we had gotten but we know that so many people out there are still suffering from the after effects and, and having to relocate and rebuild homes. It's just, it was really bad here on Long Island, you know, the further west you go. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to ask since, of course, we're over here in the Midwest and you're over there. Um, where do you stand now? I mean, is the, is the city far better off now? Are you still struggling? Are there still things that we can do to offer assistance here? I think there's a lot of people out there that are still struggling, just um, the people that really lost their homes that went down to the ground that lost all their belongings, family heirlooms, photographs, things that you can never get back. You know, they're still struggling. They probably will be for so long. But, um, you know, Long Island here has done so much to help these people and, and giving them places to stay. As a matter of fact, when we did the first film festival in Rockville Center back in January, there were a lot of people staying in that nearby hotel that were victims of Sandy, which I got to speak to, and my heart just went out to them. I mean, they're true, you know, victims. That's not even the word of what these people were. And, you know, I believe they're still struggling, but rebuilding is coming along and it is doing better. But, again, it's things that these people lost that they'll never get back, and, you know, that hurts. Right. Oh, definitely. I'm sure it does. I mean, just looking at the pictures of devastation and just thinking to yourself, God, we are so lucky. My goodness gracious. And now, um, do you foresee that down the road for yourself personally? Are there charities out there or organizations out there that you think you'll partner with and do more work with in the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, that's one of the things that we're doing this year is we're getting more involved with charities and, and working with people. Even if we just have organizations come on our show just to promote who they are and people can get more information, that's what we're going to do. Right. You know, that's that's like the least thing that we can do to help out. That's awesome. Absolutely wonderful. Yay. And word on the street is Jason's Jason's headed to Manhattan. Did I hear that correctly? (laughs) That is correct. Oh, my God. Tell us about this. Our premiere date is next month. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is exciting. So how did all that come about? Uh, It was actually just kind of a... Yeah, I I actually went into the city several weeks ago, or, or now it's several months ago, um, with just my sure. real, my resume, looking for age and representation, because now I'm trying to broaden what I do. I'm trying to get into more hosting gigs, or maybe I could, you know, be on a television show as an actor or so. So I'm just submitting my reel, submitting my reel, and we happened to drop by one of the television stations in Manhattan with a reel, and it was something that they didn't have. It, you know, they they liked what they saw, and they offered me a right. spot. 4 p.m. on Mondays. <laughs> oh, my God, how exciting is this? So we're expanding our audience. And expanding, I, we are very excited, me especially, because, you know, again, somebody who's never done this before, to have these kind of opportunities, it's incredible. 
Oh, I imagine so, definitely. Now, if I were to ask you, in a perfect world over the course of the next couple of years, what do you what do you foresee for the future? Do you have some future goals, things set up? What else can we expect from you in the future? Um, I definitely plan to continue my show. I can I plan to do it much bigger and better than it is now, and and that's always what the goal is. Every year we want to step it up, step it up. You know, first starting out, we have. Um, as I call it, like a beginner set. We want to revamp the set of the show. We want to build something sure. new. We've redone our opening. We're adding more on-location shoots. So as the years go on, it's just going to get bigger and better in that aspect. And it's also a learning process, especially for me, because, again, I don't have education on this. So I'm kind of like right. going with the flow, so to speak. So um, I'm always thinking. I'm always looking to revamp things. And, again, you know, going forward with a new set, there is a studio in Manhattan that we do have our eye on that by the fall time, this coming fall, we do plan to just relocate the show and have it filmed in Manhattan as well. Okay. I got you. So that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's our next goal, actually. <laughs> this is so cool. My goodness gracious. Now, I wanted to also throw this out there. If people are listening, if they happen to have show ideas, suggestions, comments, feedback, etc., how do they go about getting that to you? Um, they can visit our website, which I'll give it to you. But really, the easiest way is by email. We get a lot of emails. Um, although we don't sure. get to them all in one day, we do get to them. So feel free to write into us. And the email address is thejasonshow at yahoo.com. That's T H E J A S O N S H O W at yahoo.com. Awesome. Absolutely. Unless, of course, you want Kiefer Sutherland on the show. Then you interview you and you say, put him on your show, please. <laughs> Just throwing that pitch out there again. That'd be a really good show, really good rating. People love them. Chat Power, what can I say? Um, I did want to forget to mention this, and you need to correct me if I miss anything here. Jason obviously okay. has two face two Facebook profiles, yourself, your personal one, and of course one for your show. You um mm-hmm. are on YouTube obviously. He has a Twitter yeah. handle, which is at Jason Galka, G A L K A for those who don't know how to spell it. Um, show Monday, five thirty. Channel 20 through Cablevision. I also have the site uh, jasongolka.wix.com. Any other ways to find you social media-wise? Um, we are on Pinterest. That's something new. And, and it's funny because oh. I actually just started my Twitter like maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Like I'm just getting into it. Cool. Like you wouldn't believe how like technology stupid I really am. <laughs> I know. I, like, I'm lucky I, I can work you. Facebook. But, um, you know, people can certainly like my show page, The Jason Galka Show, on Facebook, or you can even friend request me, Jason Galka. You know, I will come up, and, and you'll see me. You'll see my, you know, my profile pictures, me with a guest on my set. It's very colorful, yep. and uh, I am on Twitter, yep, as you say. We just started Pinterest. Yeah. That's something new that we're on. Okay. And um, okay. whatever other kind of social networking we have, we'll we'll be on it. <laughs> Luckily That's for me, ask somebody who handles that for me. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I'm looking to do that because it's like it gets a little overwhelming at times. If you're not on social media, people don't notice you. You know what I mean? You've got to be out there. Well, I don't know if you have like the iPhone or the iPad or anything, but there's this thing called uh-huh. Hootsuite, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. And you can link your okay. Facebook, your Twitter, or any other social network that you have to it. And you write one status, and you can schedule it. So, like, if I'm sitting here at night, I'll think of things. If I want to do a casting call, if I want to advertise the show, I could schedule the tweet or the Facebook message to go out, and it'll just automatically do it. Okay. So that's another cool thing. So you don't have to sit there constantly cool. tweeting. You can schedule things. 
can see I'm learning a lot. (laughs) He's educated, folks. See that? He's not only smart and cute, but he knows social media, so this is a cool thing. Awesome. Well, great. Two last things I want to cover before I'm going to let you go because I can tell that my voice is about to die on me. Um, First of all, I am, in case you don't know this, and I think I've told Jason this, but of course I usually try to get to New York two times in a year. Um, so hopefully with any luck at all, I can come to visit you on the show because I would absolutely love to see you. Oh, I've seen you. Do. Yes, yes. All I do. I, I would, would love, love that. that. I mean, I would, I've, I've watched that, you as far as YouTube, et cetera. But seeing the live thing is much, much different. And I have some oh, great friends that would just love to work with you. I think mutual partnership and networking is always a really, really good thing. Mm-hmm. And the last absolutely. thing. Yes, the last thing, the best I've always saved for last, which is on Sin's Chat Corner, the last thing we always do is I always take 30 seconds to tell the person on my show exactly what I think of him. So hopefully you're sitting down because <laughs> it can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my oh, overall yeah. assessment of Jason. <laughs> this is what I know to be true in just researching you and now talking to you and watching your show. There's four things that I've taken away from both the interview and from, like I said, learning about you. First and foremost, I find your content as well as your mannerisms to be refreshingly out of the ordinary. I get to interview lots and lots of people who a lot of times have a tendency to be over themselves, meaning that they're just the next big thing all the time and they just take their success for granted. You are very humble. You are very hardworking. You always try to go above and beyond with the messages that you send the material that you do, the presentation of how it's done. I think from a professional standpoint, you're amazing at what you do, and especially because of the fact that you are not versus it relates to actual training and education. That I find impressive. The fact that when I read your Facebook page and I look at your fiancé's page, you're so flattering to one another and you have such a loving demeanor about the way you talk about your friends and your loved ones, I have a huge appreciation for that. You present yourself very well. You're a very handsome fellow and you're very down to earth. You're very approachable. You're very likable. And I think that you're just you're just lovely. I said that before, but now I get to talk wow. to you. I, I'm really, really impressed. And I think you're just I I just think you're great. I don't Thank know what else so I can tell you I do. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate it's true. It. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. You know, most people don't get a chance to be able to, especially when they're in the same field. There can be a lot of competition, whether it's entertainment on TV, radio, and otherwise. Our job out here is to be able to inform, to educate, and moreover, to be supportive of one another. So certainly, I hope at some given point in time, I will be able to very stand very proudly and say, I knew this guy when he was only doing uh-huh. this show and this show. And then someday, you're going to be some kind of a big star, and I'm going to say, I had him first. Hopefully, with any like that. My fingers are so crossed. Oh, thank you so much for that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And hopefully, if I get lucky, I am traveling in June, so I might be able to get there to see you in Manhattan. We'll have to see. I'm Ooh, trying to work yes, out my yes, schedule. Yes, yes, That would be so cool. That's awesome because we have so many great shows lined up in June, so you'd be coming just oh, in time. Cool. <laughs> that is. That's absolutely perfect. My goodness gracious. Yes. Thank you. And just a lot. Just to let you know and to let your fans know or people that listen to this today, and if they did miss it, about a half hour after we get done, the show becomes an archived episode on Blog Talk Radio. So anybody can go back all year round and listen to it. I'm going to go ahead on my personal page or my show page, post up all your links so that people can follow you, friend you, or find your show, obviously. And I would consider it a personal favor if you come back and visit me again anytime because I'd love to have you back on the show. 
I absolutely would. Thank you so much. This is so much oh, fun. You're such a good host, oh, too. You. I love the questions that you ask. <laughs> thank you. You know, I've been getting pretty thank good at this you. after two years. It's a lot of practice. And thank you for putting up with this girl that sounds like a guy today because I sound terrible. I promise next time I'll have a voice and I'll be back to normal. And, and um, oh, I don't please, even please, I'm please, now please. in the same thing, honey. My voice is kicking oh. out now, so it's perfect timing. Oh, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> this is perfect timing that we're we ending. I'm we're battling you colds you, here. <laughs> I know, and isn't it ridiculous? It's like try try doing a show when you're miserable, right? It's like this totally sucks. Uh, but you made I did that over the winter time. Oh my goodness, I don't know how I didn't <laughs> sneeze for half an hour straight. I don't know how I it's know, possible. I know, right? <laughs> and the climate that you're in, it's just like absolutely nuts. And I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. In three hours, I guess it I is mind over matter. <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. And then, like I said, try functioning. But you know what? I think we the did a good must job. Go I think on. people. That's right, and we did it damn well, my friend. And I will be in Absolutely. touch within the next month. I'll let you know my travel plans, and definitely you Please keep me posted on what's going on. I will. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much, Sin. I had a great time. Oh, me too, darling. I will talk to you very soon. Okay. All Thanks right, take again. care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks, was he just not absolutely, absolutely wonderful? Again, that was Jason and the spelling on that is G-A-L-K-A. And just to go through it again, Facebook, he has a personal page. Jason, again, last name G-A-L-K-A, as well as the show itself, which is the Jason Galka Show. He can also have a show watched and found on YouTube. He has a Twitter handle, which is at Jason Galka. His show can be watched Monday on Channel 20, and that's at 530 and that's under the cable vision area, or excuse me, cable vision is a cable carrier. And then www.jasongalka.wix.com. So I want to say once again, thank you so much to uh, Jason for coming on the show today. Congratulations, of course, to both himself and his fiance, who I wish nothing but success and happiness for the future. Um, I wanted to remind everybody that tomorrow's show, so excited to report 2 o'clock Central Standard Time, none other than fellow radio show host, Modern Problems Radio Show, Davey Love himself. Another long-awaited interview, which I'm so excited about. So make sure that we want to tune in tomorrow to listen to him. The last subject I wanted to embrace real quickly before I let you guys go, or before my voice actually officially goes away, is to keep everyone informed and to ask for special wishes and prayers today. I have a very dear friend by the name of Crystal Welch, and that's W-E-L-C-H, Unfortunately, this last weekend on Saturday, her family suffered the most horrific tragedy in that her granddaughter, who was a little less than eight months old, um, actually was found on Saturday, having passed on from what we believe is to be sudden infant death syndrome. I must tell you on a personal note um, how very devastating this is for me. These are friends of mine, and this has taken just a huge toll on them emotionally, financially. They are just in the tailspin. And so what I wanted to ask everyone is, um, I myself am personally involved. If you're in the Milwaukee area, please be sure to check out my personal page, and then I'll be listing each and every one of the benefits I'm holding for her and her family, and that's tonight and tomorrow night. And again, on Friday, I'll be back at Scuttlebutt and supporting Jimmy G, of course. Special shout-out to him, all the work he's done, all the time he's put in, everything that he's done to help us. Thank you so much. I love you dearly and more than I can tell you. Um, tonight, this evening, of course, today was the day in which Crystal unfortunately had to lay her baby granddaughter to rest. And sadly, of course, um, my commitments kept me here in Wisconsin. So this is a personal plea. 
from myself to all of you in the listening audience or anyone that will listen to this show in the future today is special significance for that reason. So I would ask that this evening I will be posting up a song which we will be playing at a particular time. I would ask that all of you, once you see this, take a moment of silence to send prayer and reflection for Sophie, that happens to be the little girl's name, um, so that we have a moment of remembrance for her, so that the world, even for just a brief moment, will recognize that this little life, even so young, had touched so many lives and was so significant. So please make it a point to watch my page for that. And again, one more reminder, 2 o'clock Central Standard Time tomorrow, Modern Problems Radio Show host, Davey Love. You guys have yourself a great evening. Enjoy the weather, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.